Jock Mala! Jock Mala! Welcome back, my friends, to the Cult Film Showdown. I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and I'm and I am happy to be joined by my good friends. And this time I have James Cotta. It's awards season again, and unlike all the rest of the awards, we get to award old movies instead of the eight movies that came out in 2020. That's that's right, but much like all of the awards, or you know, much like typical award ceremonies now, we are doing this from the uh, comfort of our own homes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we were ahead of the curve. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, Nick Boxer, how are you? Um, I'm ecstatic. No one's been ever happy to see me before, so this is a banner day in, in a, bo- the Boxer household. In the Boxer household, yes. And, uh, and well, the man who very few are ever ecstatic to see, Jekyll. Sup? Yeah, I'm not ecstatic to see uh, Nick or any of you, but... This should be a good one. Of course, because we are about to hand out the awards. Uh, it's it's a it's a yearly tradition, uh, a favorite of ours. And the only thing, so so what what I would like to do is get a new tradition and do and to have uh, Nick Boxer recap every single one of the movies from the season <laughs> from memory. <laughs> no, just a long We'll just we'll, the rest of us will just walk okay. away. <laughs> okay, no, I can, I can do this. Sybil Danning took off her top. Sybil Danning didn't take off her top. Sybil uh, Danning took off her top again. Um. So, are you preparing for next season then? Well, we have, uh, I'm planning on recycling this. It is about it is about longevity. It's the evergreen, uh, ever. Uh, the evergreen recap of the cult movie showdown. Yeah. No, you might as well do it this year because uh, history has proven <laughs> that next year that season will get screwed. <clears throat> Are you saying we won't have a movie with Simmel Downing taking her top off and then not taking her top off? No, we probably will. Yeah. There, we will have three awards shows in, the, in a row where, where that is a plot point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no worries there. All right. All right. Well, what are we up? To? Yeah, I know this is always the problem with the award show. It's just like, where do we start? <laughs> what are, what's it gonna? Happen? Who's the presenter? I believe that James did did most of the uh, presenting. I usually, usually have to. Keep the, I usually keep the categories organized. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then as soon as we're done recording, I send everyone a text saying, "Here's the category we forgot to do." Yes, yeah. yes, that's our tradition. <laughs> I mean, and one thing I, I might like to uh, to actually suggest a new category this year of you know least belonging in the actual cult film showdown octagon. <laughs> the opposite of the missed movie, the yeah, 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 yeah. could have taken a pass movie. Yeah, totally. I wouldn't mind doing that. Well, we'll start with. Uh, first category as we rate the films and the first category as we uh, award the films. Uh, we will start with the schlockiest film of the year. We probably should say that we are doing uh, season 11, Enter the Octagon, season 12, uh, One Shit Wonder, season 13, Days of Future Past, uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special, and season 14, 85 Minutes of Fame. Mm-hmm. We should so say that. Maybe. We won't, but... Yeah, it, I mean, maybe you think of 
Next year we'll do that. Yeah. Next yeah. year we'll remember to do that part. Uh, so schlockiest film, and uh, well, edit, traditionally we will start with Stan. All right. Uh, you know this this season is an interesting one. This this award season because I feel like I could probably give every single award to the Miami Connection just because it's that close to being. Uh, you know, a perfect movie as it as it does sit uh, co-tied on the top of the of the octagon. But I'm going to try to go away from it a little bit. Uh, like I think that Stone Cold was really really tempting, but I'm going to give my schlockiest to Rotor because there was just so much schlock to be had in that movie. Hmm. No. Um. Uh, you know, I I almost went with the. Uh... Miami connection as well. But, you know, I just couldn't ignore the schlock that was 2020 Texas Gladiators. Multiple titles. Nice. Post-apocalyptic insanity. The movie's kind of schlock fest. Uh, a complete schlock fest. And I think it was the, the one, the best representative of a schlock. Hmm. It's interesting also, yeah, there's a lot of good movies this year. I, when I look back at the list, I'm like, oh, we did watch a lot of, sure, we watched a couple that were painful, but we, <laughs> but we have watched a lot of good, fun movies this, this, uh, this last year since the previous awards. Uh, I almost went with Sex Maniac because, let's face it, in many ways you could say it's the inventor of schlock. Absolutely. And, and I would have loved, I would even give it a special award, you know, in that case, but. Yeah, it, it kind of deserves it because it, it kind of invented this whole genre. But at the end of the day, the movie that I felt was the schlockiest is Ricky O, the story of Ricky. <laughs> I, I think that movie's just insanely schlocky and so much fun. Yeah, I think I docked it down for being a foreign film. I don't, I don't think that's completely fair, but it is definitely a schlock. But we make yeah. the rules, so it doesn't matter. Well, where would we be without Nick giving something a minus one? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a tradition. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm gonna go uh, with the uh, legendary a movie that, a movie that if when we started this it seemed like the the kind of movie we should be doing. Uh, we finally got to Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, mm, uh, which uh, just, just it, it's a movie so schlocky that I have. I've wondered how long it'll be before we can put in to do it again, but do the American uh, TV version as opposed to the European theatrical. Oh, oh boy. Because yeah. it probably, it might rate differently actually. I, once yeah, we I, got some, uh, some distance on it. I tend to feel like it because it would have so much more of kiss talking in that regard. So it has, it has some different takes and it also has the Scooby-Doo music as opposed to the kiss music, yep. uh, which uh, I'm sure uh, as, as, even as a even as a film study, it would be interesting. I, to I'm down. We could do it as a as a special. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> be a, get that one in the octagon twice. Uh, all right, let's do. Uh, we'll do snake format here. Uh, so uh, the next category is uh, more heart for least budget, most heart for least budget. Uh, I'll start this one off with. Uh, I think it was it might have been the only movie I gave a ten in this category to for for the whole this whole set. Uh uh Albert Payoon's Road to Hell, which was a uh self financed sequel to a movie that he may or may not have had the rights to do a sequel to. Uh <laughs> <laughs> shot it 
shot entirely on blue screen using people that were far over the age they should have been uh, playing these characters. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it just uh, exemplified the the independent spirit to just do a movie you're not even sure you can release. Yeah, I looked at uh, what are the films that. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking what, what, what did they manage to pull off for while they had almost no money? Again, I almost went with Sex Maniac because I believe it's the lowest budgeted film of the season <laughs> by, of, of the, of this category. But, uh. Fatal Deviation may have still been lower. <laughs> Fatal Deviation may still have been Even lower. Even not adjusted. Well. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It may have been low. It was, it was something. $13 uh, was the budget for that, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. And all of that spent on that one monk's uh, outfit. Um, yeah, no, it, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good category again this year. Some real winners. Uh, Spooky's almost also got it, but I got to go. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I mean, let's face it, it was it was a low budget movie, independent movie designed to show off these guys' ability to do special effects, and it worked, and it became a, a cult classic and a uh, you know a pop culture phenomenon and to to a degree. Next up, next is it? I follow. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you guys sort of uh, telegraphed my answer there, but. Uh, I, I, th- this movie also self-financed, I assume, and self-financed uh, uh, on a minimum wage budget, I'm thinking. Um, Fatal Deviation, I mean, they got a movie, sort of. <laughs> sort of is, is, the right, is the right thing to say about Fatal Deviation. Yes. Willing to agree that it was a movie. Yeah, yeah that, sort. that it was something that you could sort play on your DVD player, yes, if, <laughs> if they made those. <laughs> uh, well, for me, this is the this is the area where I'm going to give it to Miami Connection, just because it's it's just so. It, it, to me, it just exemplifies what uh, what this category is all about. But there's no doubt that if I was giving away, you know, secondary awards, all of the ones that you mentioned would get them. All right. Uh, now we got a we got a double uh, category here. Uh, we always rate memorable moments. We're going to rate the most memorable film of uh, the past year. But uh, uh, do we want to do most and least at the same time? Sure. No, sure. let's, let's okay. go separate. All right, let's start with most memorable, and uh, we'll start with Stan. Okay, well, for me, you know, and this was a hard one, because there is quite a bit of memorable movies. I mean, you talk about, like, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, but I think for me, a lot of the memorable ones, and, and, and I would give Cabin Boy the award, but I'd seen it so many times that, of course, it's memorable. And I think there's a lot of movies in here that I have seen several times. So for me... The most memorable, and I think the one that I will take with me for the longest, is the apple. <laughs> it's it's not oh, something that's going to be likely to be forgotten in my lifetime, where it'll oh, just be man. like I'll, I'll wake up one morning and be like, oh, fuck the apple. Like, you know, I feel like I'm still watching it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it haunts your dreams. Yeah, it, it'll be like PTSD flashbacks. Yep. So, so there's the apple for you, Nick. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, most memorable. Uh, this it's snake I, format. It's snake format. I have never understood off. fake uh, <laughs> snake format. In all these years, I never will. Um, 
but I'm cheating with this answer. I don't know if it counts, but I'm giving it out anyway. Um, most memorable, Stone Cold. And it's a cheat because I don't think it's ever – I'm I'm never not watching Stone Cold. It's always on in my house. Um, so how could I forget a single frame of that brilliant, brilliant film? And that was my problem. Like, Stone Cold absolutely is, is right up there for memorability. But – I've seen it a few times, so, yeah, I shouldn't remember it. So I, I got, a, a, I mean, I had only seen it once, totally remembered it. Now I've seen it a second time, I remember even more. This one is an easy slam dunk for me. Kiss Me, it's the Phantom of the Park. I mm. I am. It is such a memorable movie. Like I can get the image, like there's any chance I can get the image of them walking around with those night robes, those silver <laughs> night robes out of my head. And I believe that was only in the uh, European cut. That I don't think we'll find that in the other cuts. So, I mean, uh, easy slam dunk for me. <laughs> I, I'll have to go with a film that I've, I've only seen a couple of times in my life, and I still brought it on the show because I saw it 30 years ago. Uh, phase 4, uh, <laughs> The Attack of the Killer Ants. Uh, and not giant ants, just regular-sized ants. Uh, <laughs> terrifying film, terrifying uh, my my least memorable, and I did have to look up to remember what movie this was. Uh, it was the first one out of our set, uh, Crash, and I actually <laughs> got two different – I actually thought it was two different movies when I was – like, well, we did the one with the car chases, but then we did the <laughs> one with, uh, <laughs> with the weird possession story. Um, and I had to go back to, to see that it's, it was, it's the same film. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> So I'm going to give least memorable, which is the – we nicknamed this the we did what last year category. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of we did what last year, uh, no clue on this movie. No clue whatsoever when I looked at the list of films. So apparently we did some movie called Breathing Fire. No idea. No clue. <laughs> I couldn't tell you a thing about it. I, I, it's funny because, you know, I mean – I mean, I remember, I mean, here's Miami Connection sitting at the front. And last night I was sitting there going, I remember almost nothing about Miami Connection. I remember there was some subplot with a guy and his dad. I remember the dancing in the club with uh, somebody in the guitar. And uh, I remember some confrontation, I think, outside of uh, school or something like that between some characters. Like, like I remember, I, I don't, I need to watch that film again because it was so damn good, but it, it didn't stick with me. But at least I remember something. I remember nothing about Breathing Fire. Okay. Uh, Bolo was in it. Um, anyone, oh. Nick, can you still tell us what Breathing Fire was again? I, I remember Key Kwan being in it and the pizza. Damn. I, I, <laughs> I think I have to go back because I actually thought Breathing Fire was a totally different film, too. <laughs> I, I think I was thinking of Furious. We were uh, just the last movie we did in the in the previous uh, season, previous uh, best of. Uh, so, yeah, I guess now that I've gotten mixed up, I've got a tie. It, it so. had a Chinese bo- uh, uh, Chinese bodybuilder breakdancing for like three seconds. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure I, we watched this movie? I remember more when you said it had bullying in it. That, that actually brought back way more than anything else. It's actually <laughs> been added to some streaming services recently, so it's easier to watch than when we did it. Oh, boy. Like seeing a whole new movie then. Um, <laughs> Nick, what's your least memorable? Uh, yes, my least memorable is definitely 
Well, it was the one film on the the list that I was looking through. I mean, there were a lot of forgettable films in that list, but there was only one film that I went, ooh, you know, I should watch that someday. And uh, sorry, I'm pausing to remember the damn name of it. Road to Hell, a sequel to one of my, fi- or a pseudo-sequel to one of my favorite films of all time. Yet, all I ever remember is the poster for it. I think and I've seen it your favorite now, director and, of all time. Yes, and it is a completely forgettable film. Well, you were pretty, and you were pretty film is being generous. <laughs> you were pretty angry about it. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe don't like I. Would. <laughs> yeah. No, I I, I remember now back. that actually I forgot how pissed off I was about. It. I have blocked this film from my memory, obviously. <laughs> Amazing. When I when I went started going through the list of movies, there were two movies that stood out to me, and and it took me a moment to start remembering any of them, and and they were two mentioned: to Crash, and and of course Breathing Fire, and. And as I was sitting there, like, Crash, I started to come through with, like, Miguel Ferrer and the dog jumping and stuff like that. And then Breathing Fire, I was just like, it was like, there was a few key points, but there was really nothing of the story for the most part. So I'm going to give it to Breathing Fire. We have almost a clean sweep here. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Just And I think <laughs> the reason why is because both of them suffer from that, that like, breathing fire. I don't know what that means. Same thing with Crash. Like, like they're just <laughs> such, you know. It's, it's, Crash is an incredibly generic title. Yeah. But I'll tell you, for me, um, it's going to come up again. Um, <laughs> I think that movie stuck with me a lot and a lot of moments about it. So, um Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I, like I said, I think I actually have to revise mine because I thought I remember Breathing Fire and I was thinking of uh, <laughs> a totally different movie. So <laughs> that's that's even worse. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible title, no matter what how bad the movie was or good the movie was. All right. Uh, the craziest concept of uh, of everything we did. Uh, let's uh, start with Stan this time. All right. Well, there's there's some crazy concepts in here for sure, but like Miami Connection, of course. But honestly, and I and I know I dinged it when we talked about it because it came because it came from a manga book. But I'm going to give it to Ricky O just because when you when you <laughs> sit back and think about about some of the stuff that goes on in Ricky O, and it's just like that's just that's just batshit crazy. So, so I gotta, I gotta give it craziest concept here. All right. Uh, there was a pause. So I assume it's me. I am going with the Apple this year, uh, in the far future of 2020 when disco rules the earth. If that's not crazy, I don't know what is. And it's sold with freaking gusto, man. I mean, Goblis believed in this sucker and he pushed it to the limit. Uh, uh, insanity incarnate, and a, and a musical by Canon. You know it's insane, right yeah. there. <laughs> it is. It is insane for sure. It's absolutely insane. But I, I swear to you guys, I, I kept on. I know again, generic title, but I told you Crash was showing up again. 
Like, I, I seriously, <laughs> you have a car through the whole movie being chased by, like, it feels like hundreds of cops causing multiple deaths all over the place. It makes no sense. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have this murder mystery type deal going on with this wife who's killed and her husband. And you got this dog. And I'm like, this thing is just nuts. I, I think oh, the car was crazy. driving itself, it made, too, wasn't it? it? I forgot yeah, about the that. the car was driving itself and causing, killing tons of people while the cops are chasing it. And it's just, like, like just so – and it was a Charles Band movie. I mean, uh, just, like, totally, totally insane. Uh, I, I, And the thing is – the other categories is not very memorable necessarily, but it's not as schlocky. But the concept itself, oh, just through the roof. I I've got to give the the one that I could, we could do a whole extra podcast just trying to figure out the concept and and the story behind how this thing got made and why uh, the Star Wars holiday special. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, <laughs> it it is this intersection of uh, of commerce and. Uh, toy tie-ins and uh and and the most successful independent filmmaker of all time um trying to sell more toys uh it's it's a, the weirdest damn movie um <laughs> all right here's one of my favorite categories this is a category that gets outside of uh, the films that we did in the season it really talks about the calendar year uh 2020 uh oh no actually before we move on to that one missed movie Missed movie is the sorry, uh, missed movie is the next category. Sorry, the uh, the movie that should have been in one of these seasons. And you're starting. Uh, yeah, why don't I start? <laughs> <laughs> I this is a movie that we have, we have joked about having it in. I have uh, made gags about having it in, and now actually I think everyone has watched the movie, and it really wouldn't score well now that everyone has seen it, and uh, <laughs> and that is the sand. Um, I think that the the window has closed for putting the sand into this into the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sand always will hold a, a, a soft spot. I know in your heart there, Mr. Mr. Jim Cotta. But, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I, 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 uh, I mean, I really wish I had put in into the, what was a one hit wonder or what? One shit wonder. One, okay. Um, so into that season, I really wish I had put surf Nazis must die. I, I strongly considered it. And it's, it's definitely a missed opportunity to get in a movie. That's not like anything else. Nick. Nick? Sorry, just researching a little bit. I had it written down. <laughs> I was. Uh, yes, yes. And I telegraphed this one talking to you guys. Repo Jake, Dan Haggerty. It needs to be in the podcast and it needs to be in it soon. What season um, did you put it in? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's Dan Haggerty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with that. You're a good point. You're a point well taken. Yeah. For me, it, it's it's not so much about what I wanted to put in as what I would have kind of taken out. I think that um, that one of what feels like one of my bigger misses was in the days of Future Past season, and I and I put in Equalizer 2000, which probably wasn't even part of 2000 and, and i kind of wish that that instead i'd gone with like another italian movie like say 2019 after the fall of new york it just sounded like a little bit more fun because equalizer 2000 albeit fun was was not necessarily the right movie 
Yeah, I, I really don't remember that one much at all either. Like it's close, it's close to breathing fire level. Well, the thing about the Equalizer 2000, what you remember is the gun Equalizer 2000. The rest of it pretty much goes away. Yeah. All right, Jim. I uh, on to the next uh, category. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what is the next category? Right, right. The next category is uh, Cult Chick of the Year. All right, this one this one was hard for me. Usually, there's one woman that will completely stand out, where I'm where I'm like I completely remember her from the movie, but there's there's a, there's a few in this case. Um, Priscilla Barnes from Tracks I thought was great, albeit barely in it. But for me, I'm gonna go gonna go back to the first season that we're talking about here, and I'm going to go into into. Uh, you know, the Jim Wynorski Transylvania twist and go with Terry Copley. Good choice. Good choice. Uh, Nick. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. As I said last time, I lost my notes here. I'm just trying to dog. Could you, could you go and I'll uh, pull it up here? Yeah. 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 You know, this is the advantage of not, not doing notes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to worry about this happening. So, uh, all right, uh, this is to me is simple. Uh, I mean, this this is an actor. Uh, she's got uh, some uh, just a couple of tremendous assets that I really respect uh, in her acting ability, and uh, she's winning this year. And my guess is I'll probably award her this uh, multiple times until she ends up eventually, uh, you know, in the Hall of Fame, which which is a definite to happen. And that's Linnea Quigley uh, from Creepazoids. Um, mm-hmm. That's certainly burned in my memory, guys. Uh, this this is a tough one uh, this year. Uh, it was uh, it, it, strange. Uh, like I'm used to there being uh, being an actress who showed up in multiple films, and I, I, we had almost no one that uh, that yeah. showed up in multiple films over the course of these seasons. Uh, so I'm going to give it to the. The, the most memorable and and the woman that made me want to watch the movie uh, in which uh, I'm recognizing her for that's uh, Barbara Bach uh, for a caveman. Okay, yeah. Uh, also, uh, bringing her substantial assets to that role. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly remember it. <laughs> now, Nick, um, do you have yours? Yes, I have have mine, and there's no wonder I forgot because. Uh, well, she doesn't show her assets. I'm calling this uh, a jailbait award. Uh, Melanie Griffith in Cherry 2000. I thought she was phenomenal and really, really cute. And probably the only reason anyone ever watched that film. Um, great film, but if you don't don't see the cover of that m- movie and just want to watch it because Melanie Griffith is in it, I I think that's insanity you know uh, it, it probably is the only chance we'll ever have to put her in i guess she was in a, a couple other crazy films early in her career but this is probably early her best shot to win an award so i think that's a good yeah. choice all right uh well i'm gonna bring the this the the partner category here the showdown dude of the year uh and uh it was only a supporting role but it just brought so much magic to the film uh and uh this adam west Mm. Uh, for Omega, <laughs> Cop. Omega Cop, yes. Uh, every every scene that he sat down through was just magic. Uh, <laughs> that movie is every far line more of dialogue that he read off of his favorite <laughs> spoke into a microphone. Yes. 
That movie is far more of a classic than I think we give it credit for. I think there's oh, a lot really of was. stuff in there that could really come back. You know, like, For me, this is the slam dunk again. Uh, the easiest category, maybe, uh, outside of memorable movie with uh, the, the Kiss Me's Phantom of the Park. Uh, I, I mean, you're talking about who who carries an entire movie by themselves just by being so much of a dude. Just a damn Dude, Stone Cold, it's the boss, Brian Bosworth, easy slam dunk. Well, I'd like to say uh, fuck you um, because, uh, <laughs> you know, you convinced me. I had Shadow Stevens written down on my notes, but your case definitely does. Uh, there wouldn't be a movie called Stone Cold without the boss. So, yeah, yeah boss. I'm trying to imagine that happening at the Oscars. They like they announce one award, and like, oh crap! I really should have. Yeah, can we go back? Can I... <laughs> this has happened more than once on this show. Yeah. And you know, and it's funny because when you were saying that, like a guy that could carry a movie, I was totally thinking, oh, you're going to go with Shadow Stevens, because <laughs> uh... Shadow Stevens would be my runner-up. But but honestly, oh, and it's the only chance we have to ever nominate him. Yeah, yeah, I know. Who's in other, uh, oh, Shadow Stevens? You know, there's only chance with him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the boss was in other films. Yeah. But, uh, for, for me, you know, it's, it's rare that we get an acting masterclass in one of these movies that we do that, you know, a performance that's just so sublime that it, that it really dictates everything. So for me, I have to give it to Chris Elliott for Cabin Boy. <laughs> oh, wow. I thought you were going with Cam, Cam Mitchell again. I mean, honestly, he could be because because his, Cameron, his performance... Mitchell, yeah, in, the, in that Frank Stallone film? Yes, in Terror yeah. in Beverly Hills, that right there, like, that deserves a special award just for being so bloody awesome. We could give it to Jack Daniel, Daniel for the same performance. <laughs> That's true. Jack Daniels had a lot to do with that particular performance. No question about it. Best best improv of the year. Best improv, no question, because I forgot my lines. I just improv and swore. Yes, Cameron Mitchell. All right. Uh, We're we're closing on the last couple of categories. Uh, This is the category that is outside of the films that we've done in this season. Uh, This is the new cult classic, something released in 2020 uh, that uh, we think uh, has a chance of ending up on the show eventually. Uh, Let's start with uh, Stan on this. Well, I was I was going through some stuff to try to to try to find something and and it popped up almost immediately. And I thought, Wow, you know, it's so true. Having seen the trailer for it, a 12-year-old gets a lump of coal and decides to put a hit out on Santa Claus, and Santa Claus is played by Mel Gibson. I'm going with Fat Man. It is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that one for Christmas season. It It is wonderful. Nick? Um, You know what? I have Fat Man down here as well, although... Can I abstain just to the train wreck that 2020 was? <laughs> There's something to be said for this. I don't thing. think it is a fair competition this year. There are it's not it's... enough movies released this year to even really judge. I don't know. I think that the the, the cheap, low budget movies were the movies that were released this year. So, 
Well, like I say, this is a tough category anyways. I mean, in the past, Nick has put in, uh, in, uh, into the Spider-Verse and into this category. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Probably one of the three best films of, of that decade. Like, it's a tough category to, to judge. And I got The Hunt, a $14 million budget, uh, tons of controversy. To this point, when people watch it, 50% think they saw one film, 50% think they saw another. Uh, to me, that is, it's just nuts. Um, so the hunt. Oh, also great. Also great film. Uh, I am going to put in the, uh, love a franchise film. I love a franchise film that has a strong message about, uh, global warming that makes no sense. Uh, that has, uh, uh, Genetically enhanced sharks. Uh, I'm going with Deep Blue Sea 3. Oh, beauty. <laughs> See, but you want to save that for next year. We got sky sharks coming. And that, well, all I know, I don't know is I this twice and couldn't make it 20 minutes into Deep Blue Sea 2. <laughs> scaring me off Deep Blue Sea 3 because I'm worried I won't be able to follow the plot. You, uh, Okay, I'll say that you don't need to have seen Deep Blue Sea 2, but you still may not be able to follow the plot. <laughs> that's really not a, that's not really a sequel problem. Um, <laughs> that's a floating city, a floating town off the, the coast of Mozambique problem. <laughs> <laughs> and is that really a problem? I don't think so. All right, and now the category that is is essentially our best picture uh, category, which is uh, why it gets moved to the end here. The what the fuckiest film of the of the year. Uh, how about I start this time? I am going to go with uh, Rotor, uh, the movie about a cyborg that's not a cyborg. <laughs> people, people go the the. It is one of the furthest walks to get to the. Uh, to get to an acronym I have, uh, we have seen on the show so far. <laughs> Ever. To get to Rotor. <laughs> yes. uh, that movie is, uh, is incredible and I recommend it to everyone. Uh, that was a great movie. I, I, my, I love that movie. The, the, I got for me the, a movie where the guy is, the guy who stars in it, uh, is supposed to be the good guy. Um, but is in fact, uh, a much worse bully and a more terrible person than every single bad guy in the film. Uh, he, his movie features incredible choices in character design <laughs> and plot holes like you couldn't believe. Plus every cliche you could ever imagine gets rolled all into one in, in a country where it has no right to be. <laughs> an easy i gave it a 10 at the time i could give it a 50 out of 10 uh for wtfs and that's fatal deviation Classic. nick oh yes well you know what i'm, I'm going with tracks the movie that surprised me the most the movie i could have cared less about uh before we saw it um it's not the craziest, but the mere fact that Shadow Stevens could carry a film is out there, and he won't get mentioned again probably ever on the podcast. So I wanted to give him and the film award because it needs to be seen by more more eyes. It's such a such a great funny movie. 
for me, you know, it, it's funny when, when I first look at what the fuck he has to, I'm like, my, my first instinct is to say food fight because I'm like, what the fuck did that, <laughs> like, how did that, how did that happen? You know, but there's no chance that it can get the award for like our best of award. It doesn't even, it doesn't even get the award for like least enjoyable because there actually managed to be something even more painful exactly yes yes there there was which is the one that i would give the award to least belongs in here and i think we're we all know we're talking about you know the china salesman least of all least least of deserves to be reviewed yes (laughs) but uh but for me and and all the all of the movies that you guys talked about were great. I mean, Rotor is amazing. Tracks is amazing. Well, maybe not Fatal Deviation, but but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm going to just give it to Miami Connection. I love that movie. I think it's amazing. There's ninjas. There's there's singing. There's crazy dancing. There's a guy feeding grapes to to his friends. I mean, what more could you ask for? I remember none of those. Things. I I almost. <laughs> No, I, I almost I said food watch fight. That again. I almost said food fight for most memorable because I remember parts of that. I will never watch it again. <laughs> and, and the most important thing that you remember is that you'll never watch it again. Yeah, yeah. But, but this, I do remember like the you know the over the top Nazi symbolism for uh-huh. no good reason. And <laughs> it, it is very memorable. I forgot about that. <laughs> the Nuremberg style scenes for yeah. Yep. <laughs> Ah, yeah. I'd rather watch, I'd rather riff the film without having seen it. Um, yes. <laughs> all right. Well, that wraps up the uh, the awards categories, uh, and uh, every year we uh, we open up we open up the books to recognize uh, people, places, and things uh, for uh, for sainthood. Uh, the Cult Film Showdown's saints. Um, saints of the octagon are they? Saints of the octagon and. Uh, I'm actually going to start with someone who I'm not, who may actually be in the, in the Saints already, and I don't, I don't have a list of who we've sainted. So, <laughs> you think that would be Andy? You think you think that that's something that apparently we're just supposed to remember? They're so. I, I also have been trying to avoid people we put in before. God, wait. Uh... <laughs> Well, and we've suggested people who didn't get passed through, like because we've mm-hmm. we, we we have to uh, we have to have um, uh, uh, we vote on on whether they go in or not. Uh, people can block them from going in, um, and uh, just in the democratic way, you can you can just throw out the votes too. Um, so <laughs> Albert Payune. Mm. Um, we have seen him before. We will see him again, and uh, and we saw his uh, his heart on his sleeve this this year. Uh, Albert Payune is my um, nominee for sainthood. Albert Payune should have been in before we even did our first podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he he belongs in with with just just based on on looking at his at his list of films. That's enough to put him in. Yeah, the, the, I mean, come on, Nemesis for a Dark Angel. I mean, <laughs> which my movie favorite movie that? by him. It, it'll be in a season soon. Um, yeah, that, no question. He's in, 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 in. Excellent, excellent. Um, I, I'm going with something completely uh, out of the norm here, but it feels right to do this. Um, because this person wasn't in a movie this year and in fact has never shown up in a movie, though I'm sure in the future will. 
And uh, we were lucky last year. Uh, it looked like we lost Julie Strain, then it turned out we didn't. Uh, I thought the same thing had happened with Tanya Roberts. Literally, we had lost her, and then we hadn't. But unfortunately, we had, and it just seems right to make her a saint of the octagon for me. So I nominate Tanya Roberts. Uh, I support She's that. She's got nice tatas. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that. All right. Memorable. So it's our in, it's our in memoriam award. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Stan, go. I don't want to follow mine. Uh, my suggestion with uh, what just passed. So. <laughs> <laughs> now that now that Jack has brought a downer, I don't. Want <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I um, despite the fact that I would remove this movie. Uh, there is an item that I would that I think deserves sainthood, and it is the Equalizer 2000 gun, <laughs> the gun that has like 16 different barrels that are almost impossible to to imagine how you shoot all of them, and only runs out of bullets when uh, <laughs> you know in the dark or or in daylight, and then doesn't run out of bullets at nighttime. Well, basically, it only runs out of bullets when it's a plot convenience. Yes, yes, exactly. I totally am in down with that. To me, that's the second most WTF thing of the season. So the single second most WTF thing, and I'll be nominated for me the most WTF thing. So I think that's a definite winner for me. Yeah, me as well. That that gun is uh, is incredible, and uh, it it's it's so quintessentially be that the you know the gun with infinite ammo, except when the plot calls for it to run out of ammo. Yeah. It... <laughs> Uh, All right. All right. Um, my nominee. Um, and let's face it, in the real world, saints aren't good people. They just aren't. A lot <laughs> yeah, of them enough. are not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to ca- canonize a concept that comes up a lot on this film and make it a full hood saint. And that and please vote me down because I don't want to mention it any more than I have to. But the concept of comedic rape, I'd like to canonize. Well, it feels like a different category, so I'm not going to vote for it. But I understand. I think people could misconstrue it when they finally look at that extensive (laughs) list that uh, James is keeping. Oh, yeah. No, Um, no. I I just (laughs) thought it was worth talking about. And you can understand why. But I totally get what you're saying. It it shows up all the time, and it's way too much for. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the kind of plot point that that's definitely an enormous you know volume, but but I can't I can't canonizing <laughs> it seems like it's just like yeah oh comedic rape is good no it's <laughs> right. no all right that one does not pass yeah um, and I why you didn't want to do that after Teddy Roberts like that yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm back sure to that it, Yeah, I'm sure that there's an example in one of our films, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. For me, it's dead. I, I, uh, an, an actor that, that appears, and I know that he's that you know he's in this many times. These these movies love him. Anytime we see him, he is Brian James. God, he was great this year. He just, he's just like uh, like salsa. He just like he just gets added into things and makes them wonderful. Yeah, he's yeah. James. Oh, Brian James. He he appears in. Um, I think he's in Cherry Two Thousand, but he's also most memorable from Cabin Boy. Uh, as as an actor, he's most memorable as the the 
as the uh, replicant in Blade Runner, the very beginning of Blade Runner, that uh, doesn't want to talk about his mom. Yeah, I have to give that, unfortunately, a, a pass just because I think it's for you, because you've seen Cabin Boy 400 million times. He's he's a bigger star than he is to me, who is just some guy with a generic name. To, I mean, to me, like every time I see Brian James and I see him a lot because he's in a lot of these movies, then it's always a and it, it has nothing to do with Cabin Boy. It's just he's in Cabin Boy, but he's also in Cherry 2000. Right. I mean, he's just a name that shows up a lot in this. That's why I, that's why I believe he belongs in nothing. Yeah. to do. With. Well, we got two more people to overturn me, but my my vote is a no. Uh, I'm I'm gonna vote yes because I always uh, enjoy when he just pops out of, uh, up out of nowhere in uh, in all kinds of films. Uh, I, Nemesis I just saw him in, uh, and uh, rewatched uh, Blade Runner of course, but uh, which is uh, pretty much a ripoff of Nemesis. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> all right, it's up to Nick then. Yeah, no, I I, I understand where you're coming from. He's always a welcome addition. But sainthood, that's a stretch. Um, if I say no, can we nominate him again in a future season? If he deserves it, he can be nominated again if he gives yeah, such a Yeah, I, I think I need a better performance to say, to give a full Saint Ed yes. And quite frankly, the, the mere fact you had to explain who he was to uh, uh, Jack, I, I think that X's him out. Yeah, I think that's unfortunate. Uh, I think that I mean the he uh, he will get voted down this year, but I think the uh, the advantage here is that uh, now he's been uh, highlighted, and the next time he turns up, uh, be yeah, it happens play. all the time in the in the baseball Hall of Fame where somebody scores seventy seven percent of the votes and needs eighty and gets close for a few seasons and then finally gets over the hump, and uh, who knows, maybe that'll be the case with Brian James. I certainly hope he will not become like the Martin Scorsese of the Oscars for we're waiting years because I do like him. Well, uh, it's your turn again here, and uh, Nick. Uh, I I don't know if I was just feeling esoteric when I came came up with these, but I'm <laughs> nominating. I'm nominating stock footage just for the <laughs> fact that we had a film this season that was probably 80% stock footage and it was still a watchable fun film in phase 4. <laughs> you know what? I think stock footage is so important to the cult film that I will agree with this. I will I will give it a vote yes. I would agree too because I mean I mean you you look at a guy like Jim Wynorski, he made he made a fair chunk of his living off of stock footage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the amount of Wynorski films I watched last year, the the, Jay, the whole Jay Anders uh, section of Wynorski's career is is stock phone, is stock footage, with like a half an hour of new footage. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> I've watched the same stock footage make two or three different films at this point. Oh yeah, uh, it, and it's the thing is is that it's the kind of thing. I mean, you talk about Roger Corman reusing stuff. I mean, I mean these. These movies are going to be chock full of that, so totally fair. Yeah. Without stock footage, we really don't have the genre <laughs> of, of films to review. This this cult film genre. Um, good good choice, Nick. Uh, I, I can't believe I just have to say because I don't have him on my list, and, and there's one person left after me. 
I can't believe that the dude from Miami Connection, and this is really the only season we could put him in, see, because mm. it's the only time he's showing up. When you're talking about uh, a film that sits tied at the top with uh, Ninja 3, The Domination, for the best film here, like, I'm like, he just seems to deserve it off that one performance. I mean, that film's, you know, with that score, just despite it not memorable for me, it is, I, I scored it high because it was, it was fantastic. I, uh, that much I remember. So I, I, I unfortunately was going in a different direction. And I'm going to continue in that direction. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm doing the single most WTF thing since, to me, since the, uh, the <coughs> Nick's breathing here. I'm having a little. Sorry. Stop breathing. <laughs> yeah, stop breathing. Why, why are you breathing? It, it's just getting in the way of me t- talking. Now he's going to breathe even louder. I feel like it feels like when you call me late at night, and and I and I track that phone calls back to you, and, you know, <laughs> the heavy breathing. But anyways, uh, are you telling me my VPN isn't working? <laughs> Can we insert an ad here? <laughs> that would be fantastic. But yeah, so ad in here. It's it's since the uh, since uh, what was it the the vulture that showed up uh, on the very first episode uh, ever that was the most WTF thing and this might top it that I've ever seen and that's farting muck monsters <laughs> like to me if nothing else symbolizes WTF and and cult movies then something you will never see in a mainstream movie uh, muck monsters that for no reason have uh, horrible gas <laughs> I don't know if you'd call it no reason yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, actually I, I was, I was uh, as, as we're all talking there, I'm looking through uh, Brian James's films to see which of his starring roles. Uh, is, there's almost no starring roles. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> I completely forgot he was also in Kiss Meets the Fan by the Park. Oh, uh, oh yeah, that's right. The security guard. Yes. The security guard. Yes. Uh, all right. I, I think that uh, – Along with what Nick was saying for uh, for stock footage being one of those things that so many you guys never do. voted on the Muck Monsters. Oh, that's right. We just went along. I, I thought it was just unanimous. <laughs> <laughs> How could you deny Muck Monsters farting? And we're not talking a little bit of farting. We're talking yeah. a lot of farting. I mean, if you roll in the uh, roll in like the the poop monsters from uh, from Flush Gordon, mm-hmm. um, I think uh, yeah. I, I think I think if you go like. A bit wider than just those particular muck monsters into like gross monsters that fart. Um, then, uh, then that's something that's going to show up again. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to vote it down, but as a fan of flatulence, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. All right. Uh, on to you, James. All right. Well, uh, at, for, for, uh, things that, that uh, many films that we do would not exist without this. Something that, as particularly because we do so many movies from the uh, from the early to mid '80s, uh, the, an overwhelming percentage of the films that we do are actually from a three or four year gap in the middle of the '80s. Uh, and and this year, uh, for its contribution to the Star Wars Holiday Special and so many other movies that we saw this year, uh, I want to recognize uh, Mounds of Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Phantom of the Park, 
<laughs> Pretty sure that Cameron, Cameron Mitchell and Tara Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, 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 Tara and Beverly Hills, yes. Beverly Hills or whatever, yeah. Pretty sure pretty sure Mounds of Cocaine is, I mean, we're talking about the 80s. Uh, and uh, I can already think it's showing up in next in, in whatever season we're having next next the canon films. Actually, it's got to show up in at least three quarters of those. Yeah. Actually, our next season yeah. is next season is Sybil Danning. So that's uh, okay. Yeah. Sybil Danning is still showing up then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not disagreeing. Piles of cocaine definitely are in. But I'm disagreeing with Jack. I don't think Cam Mitchell was Mounds of Cocaine. But we did have the apple in this year. So, yes. I can only say the only reason I could could think of is, do we want to canonize Mounds of Cocaine <laughs> in the same way we didn't want to canonize comedic rape? But I still say Mounds of Cocaine, personally, I would still vote yes. It, no, if I had thought of it, I would have replaced comedic rape with mounds of cocaine. <laughs> you need that on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we know we know now what uh, Nick's epitaph will be. <laughs> That's the out of context quote that they're going to use when he runs for office. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. <sighs> Let's say no you dis- stand. No disagreements uh, from you, Stan? No, I'm okay with Mounds of Cocaine. <laughs> right. I know you are. I appreciate I, Mounds of Cocaine. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, closing, closing the books on the Saints. We got, uh, we got some uh, new ones in there and some that uh, may get revisited later. Uh, and uh, as much like the, the, Hall, the Baseball Hall of Fame, um, Probably we're not going to get uh, Pete Rose. It's not really going to happen. How many B movies is he in? <laughs> yeah. If, if gambling kept you out, then Cameron Mitchell wouldn't be in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, come on. If, yeah, if gambling kept you out, we wouldn't have a show because every one of these people are gambling with their careers. Let's be honest. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, All right. We well. Every 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 person that did just the one film, the Miami Connection, that was quite a gamble, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, next up on our seasons, as we return to regular, is uh, is going to be the Sybil Danning season, Sibilance, and uh, and that's uh, you know anytime we get a chance to talk about Sybil Danning, so I feel like like we could be telegraphing something for next year's awards, but uh, but anyways, it's always good. So. Does anybody have anything else to say before we wrap so up? This, this is going season? up before the Sybil Danny season instead of after. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Good to know. Not that I'm, not that I have anything to do with it, but it's just good to know. All right. So does anyone have anything else to add? Apparently not. Okay. No, it was a good. It was a fun year. Um, it uh, it felt like we recorded way more episodes than. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it, show up it, here. It was a fun year, and China salesman happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some highs. There was there was a lot of really good highs, and there was some a lot of really low lows. I was lows. like, I don't know if I can keep doing this show, China salesman. <laughs> Seven different attempts to watch it couldn't make it through a China salesman. But well, yes. if you want to see it again, it's been no. really. Uh, I'm I, I'm pretty sure it's no. been, they've just collected the scenes I mean with Mike Tyson and released it again. 
<laughs> I, think, uh, I think it was wonderful to spend a lot of time uh, not in 2020 during 2020. Um, mm-hmm. Even uh, even t- 2020 Texas Gladiators was a, a happier version of 2020 than we had to live through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is a fair point. Fair point, for sure. All right. I I just want to say thank you to all the listeners who came along this ride, and uh, we've got more to come. Oh, yeah, that's right. We should do business. Hey, why don't we do business? Yeah. All right. uh, If if this is your first episode with us, that would be very weird. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You can – we are on uh, YouTube or on on uh, all of your podcast apps. Uh, called Film Showdown, and uh, also we are sponsored by WeTalkPodcast.com. That is home of the Octagon, uh, where we rate each of these films uh, in our search for the ultimate B-movie. And uh, uh, they have a Facebook. They have a Twitter. Uh, we have a – Cult Film Showdown has an Instagram, and Cult Film Showdown also has a Patreon. Uh, you can come and uh, support the work that we're doing. Uh, I use work in the broadest, broadest sense of the, the word. <laughs> And, and also, we're, uh, we're, we're looking toward uh, some extra content uh, for the Patreon. That's right. We're, we're, we're going to uh, sit down and force James to watch The China Salesman. So, <laughs> And we're going to videotape his reaction. It. I'm okay with <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. Sorry, Jack. We're going to get Jack. <laughs> it's not me. Yeah. No, no, Jack. You're, you're getting it's, – it's one of those – it's one of those, like, pull your eyelids up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a scene out of Clockwork Orange, yeah. except for more pain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's let's go home now. So, uh, okay, for Jim and for Jack and for Nick, I am your host, Eighth Dan Stanadu, and thanks for listening to the Cult Film Showdown.